If you have a copy of God's Word with you this morning, turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. You know, the last few weeks I have shared with you a uh, number of Christmas experiences that, you know, if my mom and dad listened to the sermons, they would not be very pleased with me, although it was the truth. I will share with you one where I got myself in trouble, just to make everything even. Uh, The gifts were all packed, and they were wrapped, they were placed under the tree, and for some reason, I don't know why, but my mom and dad decided to leave the house three nights before Christmas, and my sister, who is three years older than me, and I always, always respect my elders, and I follow what they say. She said, hey, Brian, why don't we do this? Why don't we get all of our gifts, and I'll put mine in a pile, and you put yours in a pile, and we'll just look at them. And so we did. And then it went from looking to, why don't we just hold them and just see if we can figure out what it is. And so we did. But there was one. There was one that was in the back of the tree, and it had her name on it, and it had my name on it. Both of them were there, and we didn't know what in the world it was. We figured out pretty much everything else that we were getting from our list that we remembered. And then my sister said, how about let's do this? How about let's gently put our finger right there, and we will, right where the tape is, and we will just gently lift that tape up, and as soon as she did, because if I would have, it would have just been terrible, as soon as she did that, we unwrapped that end of the box, and there it was. There was the biggest A, and the biggest T, and the biggest A, the biggest R, the biggest I. I just dated myself. It was Atari. It was Atari 2600. It was phenomenal. I wore out these two thumbs and four orange buttons because I played every single day. And at that moment, three days before Christmas, the exuberance, the joy, the happiness, it was everywhere, all over my face. I was jumping up and down. I was yelling. There was nobody else in the house except my sister, and we were happy And then it seemed as if we looked at each other about the same time, and then we thought, oh, we're in so much trouble. How in the world are we, three days later, going to have those exact same faces so that our parents won't know what we did? I don't know why, but the presents were never wrapped under the tree ever again. I I, I really don't know why. They just knew. They knew because of the looks on our faces three days later when we opened it and after we lied about it for so many weeks, we finally fessed up and told them what we did. 
You know, I, I was thinking about that this week as, what, 10 days, 9 days before Christmas. I was thinking, you know what, I missed it that year. If Christmas was just about opening presents, even if that's what it was about, I missed it because I opened my present three days early. I'm thankful that Christmas isn't about opening presents or isn't just about opening presents, but about a Savior. I want to share with you this morning a couple of things. Before I, I, I know I introduced the sermon, but uh, got a ton of things going through my uh, through my mind right now. Uh, yesterday, I received a text, and uh, it was an invitation for this morning at 6.15 to go and be a part of a prayer time. And uh, so I told the pastor of the church that I'd be more than happy to uh, come over. And uh, I did not know what was going to take place other than that we were going to pray for Hernando and pray for God to move in his churches and in his church. And uh, as I pulled up, there were a number of men um, at this church. It was uh, over at the middle school. And uh, we went in, and another pastor in town, actually a couple of pastors in town, were there. And these guys from Colonial Hills Church, they sat us down, and uh, they said, we want to pray for you this morning, because we know that you are going to stand in the pulpit, and you're going to preach. And uh, they laid hands on us, and they prayed over us, and then we prayed for them for God to uh, just move mightily today in his church. And it has just really uh, just made me overjoyed. Um, I left there, came back here, turned the sound system on as loud as I possibly could, and I sang for an hour. You weren't here. It didn't matter. It was off key. But I promise you, I had church this morning um, just praying and singing, and I look forward to our message today. It's a message, and it's a passage that that you've heard if you've been in church a while. You've heard. If you haven't been in church, you have probably listened to a song that stated something about we three kings, and they kind of got it wrong, or they might have got a little bit of it right, but I want us to see uh, the story of the wise men or the story of the magi in Matthew chapter 2 this morning. I'm going to read the first 12 verses and uh, we'll look at two points. The first is this, that for you and for me, we are not to overlook the story. And I want to tell you this story, even though it might be something of familiar to you, I want to tell you this story afresh and anew. And then I want us to spend just a few moments to understand the gifts. So if you have a Bible, read with me. Um, I'll read audibly and you can follow along and read silently as I read these verses. If you don't have a Bible, the verses should be on the screen behind me. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, 
Behold, wise men. That's what this translation states. The word is magi. We'll look at those in just a moment. Behold, wise men from the east. They came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, the prophet is Micah, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. Behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I bow. Lord, I pray, pray that you would speak through me, Father, you would give us ears to hear, spiritual ears to hear this morning, you speak into our lives, Father, it's it's great to to remember Christmases past and presents and times with family. Thank you for those times. But Father, I pray for these that are in this place today. Lord, we don't need another Christmas. I don't need another Christmas like those of the past. Father, I need an encounter afresh and anew with you. I need to be wowed again by this gift that you gave your son Lord may you speak this morning Father may we uh, focus 
Yes, but Father, might we be moldable when we hear you speak and might we obey as we come back to you. Lord, show us this story and show us this gift or these gifts that they gave and your desire for me and your desire for us. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. The story. Don't overlook this story. It would be somewhat easy for you to overlook the story because you, you might know it. It might be something that, oh yeah, I know all about that. This past Thursday, I found myself uh, down at Oak Grove Elementary School and uh, we were having beach club for the fourth and fifth graders there. And they showed a video and uh, the video was this story. It was the story of Jesus's birth and it was the story of these wise men and how, you know what, we might get it wrong. You might think that, all right, there were three gifts that were given, so therefore there were three wise men. That I don't know at your house how the nativity scene is set up, but at our house we have it correct. The wise men are like in the next room over because they're still trapped. No, I'm just kidding. The wise men are right there in the nativity scene if we can find the wise men. And they're right there and you know what? It probably wasn't that way. The shepherds were there that night, but here as Matthew speaks of these wise men. He speaks that they came after the birth. They came not to the stable, but they came to a house after they had found themselves in Jerusalem seeking to find this baby. You ever wondered why it's here? I mean, Matthew's the only one that speaks of the wise men. It's not in Mark or Luke or John. It's not in their accounts, but it's here in Matthew. Why did he put it there? I want you to listen. Not, not just hear, I want you to listen to what Matthew is trying to get across to us because I believe it is essential for you and for me as we focus on Christ this season, it is essential for you and for me to see. I believe one of the reasons that he did this and it is recorded for us is this. Let's do a pop quiz. You don't answer out loud because you might miss it, okay? But you just think. And it's one question. I just read for you the 12 verses in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, that tell us the story of the wise men or the magi. How did they get? Here's the question. Don't answer out loud, okay? Do not answer out loud because you might miss it. Or you might get it right. And I don't want you to spoil it for everybody else. But how did they find Jesus? How did they find Jesus? It states here in these verses that they found Jesus by the Scripture. You say, whoa, 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 what about the star? Well, they found Jerusalem by the star, 
But they didn't find Christ. But through the Scripture. Read these verses with me again. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Why in the world would Herod be troubled? He's king, and they're not coming to worship him. They did not see his star. They saw a new king's star. And you're like, how in the world did these weird guys, these magi, these wise men, how do they see a star? You're like, where in the world did that come from? Let me not take the whole sermon this morning telling you, how this came about, but let me just give you a couple of snippets. If you look in the histories of the world, and you look in 44 B.C., okay, 44 B.C., Julius Caesar was the emperor. When he died, there was a supernova. It was something else, and all that did was spark the interest of all the astrologers and said, I told you, when somebody of importance dies there is something phenomenal that happens in the skies so that the stars would show you something happened and you need to take notice of it. But not only of it was it when that they died, but they also believed when a person of importance was born, this would take place. So these guys over in the east... All they're doing every night, they're looking at the stars and they're counting the stars, they're mapping out the stars, and finally they see something that's different. And they said, we got to take notice of that. And they start out. And they start out and it is following, they are following it and following it, and they find themselves in Jerusalem and they say, where is he? Where is he? We're, we're here. We're in this region because that star is pointing us to this region. And where, would else, where else would you go? You would go to the capital. And that's where they found themselves. And they said, all right, where is this new king? And Herod on the throne, he is a, let me just say it plainly, he's a nutcase. He is ready to kill anybody and everybody. He has taken out family. He has taken out friends. There is nobody going to take his throne. And they find themselves in his court. And he says, I, I don't know. So let me get all the chief priests. And he gets all the chief priests. And he gets all the scribes. And they come together and they say, where is not just any king, but this king? Where is he to be born? And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and he ascertained from them what time that star had appeared. He sent them down to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, Bring word to me that I too can come and worship him. Herod didn't want to worship him. Herod was seeking to kill him. You 
keep reading the verses and you'll see that. But the story is this, that these magi, they were the cultural elite of their day. Everybody was looking at them. They were kind of like those in our culture, you know, those that are on YouTube, those uh, Kardashians, those Bieberites, those that are just making a name by, they're the kind that, you know, like us, that spend our summers in the Hamptons and spend our winters either, either on the slopes in Aspen or Vale or on the beaches in Barbados. Everybody's going there next week, I understand that. But that's the crew because everybody in their culture was looking at them and they were the ones that were saying, there's a star, we're following it. And so they did. Don't overlook the story. Even if you've listened to the story Time after time after time, do not overlook this story. Because Matthew has it for you and he has it for me because Scripture is key. Point of application. It's time for you and it's time for me, it's time for us to get past the horoscopes and the tabloids to find direction. It's time for us to look in God's Word, to grab a hold of it, to read it, to digest it, and to live it out. The horoscopes, the stars could not get them to the king. Only Scripture pointed them, directed them to the king. And that is the same for you and also for me. Matthew has relayed the story for a reason. And as he relayed that story to Herod, as he relayed that story to you and to me, it is there for one purpose, and that is to drive you and drive me to the Scripture to see the Savior. So don't overlook the story. But not only don't overlook the story, but we need to take a few moments and look at this gift or at these gifts you keep reading in verse 9, and after listening to the king, they went their way and behold, the star that they had seen, it rose and went before them until they came to rest, till it came to rest where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. For you and for me today, we need to take just a moment to understand the gifts that are given to the king. Because the gifts that were given to this king, they fit. How many of you have ever received a gift, and as you were opening the box of the gift, and it was an article of clothing, uh, you looked at it and you're like, there is no way in the world that this small is going to fit on this extra large body. And after you thought that, one of two things happened. Either you were thankful because you really didn't like it, and you're like, all right, I can take it back and get whatever I wanted, or you were like, man, 
I really want this, and I hope when I take it back that they have my size. As these people, these magi, as they came into contact with Jesus, they did a couple of things. They bowed down and they worshipped, and then they took out their gifts, and their gifts fit the purpose. Their gifts were gifts fit for a king, gold frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew doesn't say anything else about them. He says they brought gold, they brought frankincense, and they brought myrrh. Now, we as church of yesterday and even today, we look at that and we say, well, gold is for this and frankincense is for this and myrrh is for that. He doesn't say that. He just said, here is the gifts, here are the gifts that they gave and their gifts were fitting of the king. These gifts fit. They fit in their timing. They fit in their scope. And they fit in their worth. What was their timing? Their timing was such that he was still in Bethlehem. Their timing was such that the star led them to Jerusalem. Scripture led them to Bethlehem. And they found the boy. And they bowed down and they worshipped. Their gifts fit the scope. It was that that was worthy of their worship and worthy of their praise. They were fitting to the king, and it was that of their worth as well. You know, for this time of year, as we look at gifts for family and gifts today for Christmas for our King. My question to you and my question to me is, what are you getting Jesus for Christmas? You know, the wise men got him gold and frankincense and myrrh, but that's not all they got him. Because right before that, these magi from the east did something. They humbled themselves. They bowed down. They saw this child and his mother. And they worshipped him. You know, he, he desires the same thing from you. He desires for you and you and, and you and he desires for me and for all of us to see Him the same way that they saw Him. Worthy to bow down before. Worthy to worship. Now true, they gave Him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And true, He desires for you to give back to Him offerings and gifts of what he has blessed you but more than that he desires for me i'm just going to personalize it for me and y'all just hang out for a second and i'll personalize it for you but he desires for me to turn off the world he desires for me to 
to turn those things off and to see him for who he is. And he is the king of all glory. He is the only one that I should be bowing down to. He is the only one that I should be giving my worship to. Yet, maybe you find yourself like me. And the time that you spend and the money that you spend and the likes that you have are not Him. All too often, they're not Him. And all too often, it has been moment after moment or hour after hour or day after day, maybe even week after week before you had bowed down to Him and worshipped Him. Maybe month after month. Yeah, we come and we sit in a black chair and we sing songs, but are we worshiping? You know, this week, I spent some time with him. And it wasn't an audible voice, but he got the point across. And the point was this. Brian, those words that you just sang, Brian, that prayer that you just lifted up, that wasn't your heart. You wanted a quick fix. You wanted to check something off so that you could go about your day. But that's not how I roll. That's not how I play. You either bring everything to me or it means nothing. The Magi from the East brought everything. And they bowed down and they worshipped. River Ben. Our vision statement states this. That we are responding to His worth because we have vibrantly seen, we vibrantly respond in joy to who he is, to what he's done, and what he said. Having seen him, having experienced him, you and I are enabled by his spirit to worship, both gathered and scattered, here and also in homes, through prayer, reading the word, giving, singing, serving, by living lives of worship. To the only worthy one. It's a story that you have heard. Probably every single one of us. Maybe it's never changed you. Maybe it's never moved you. He desires for you. To give yourself to him. It's going to be a time of response, and the response is for nobody else. It is literally for nobody else except you, because it's a personal invitation for you to respond to the king. He's no longer a baby in a manger. He's no longer a boy in Bethlehem. He's no longer Joseph's son, a carpenter, apprentice. He is a ruling and reigning king who is waiting to hear his father say, son, go get my children.
and he will return. And he will rule forever and ever and ever. John chapter 10, verse 10, as I close, states this. I came. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. He came to give you life today. Not just life forever out in heaven, but life today in Hernando. Life today at your house. Life today abundantly. And it's only through Him. Heavenly Father, I bow. God, I ask. I ask that You would move. Father, You would move in the hearts of the ladies that are here this morning. Father, you would move in the hearts of the men that are here this morning. Father, it's easy for us to say, I've heard that. I've done that. But there's still issues. There's still problems. There's still complacency. Father, you are calling us to come back to you. Father, you are calling, desiring for me to bow down and worship you. Because if I were to see you as you are, I would freely give my all. My presence in your presence. I would freely give the dollars in my bank account. I would freely give the time that is in my day, in my week. I would freely give it if I would just see you for who you are. God, we don't. I don't. We go about Monday just like it's every other Monday. We go about singing a song about you being holy, 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 just like it's any other song, when it is about our God, who is just and who is holy, who is pure, who is judge. Father, would you move in my heart continually? Would you move in our hearts? Draw us to you that you might move mightily through us, to change people's eternities. Because that's why we're here. So Lord, as we stand and as we sing, would you move in our hearts and in our lives? I ask it in Christ's name. Amen.